Thanks for tuning in to the Beyond Normal podcast, where we highlight minority business owners and founders, and we use this platform to shed light on their entrepreneur journey. I'd like to welcome everybody uh, via the Flourish Factory. Welcome everybody to the Beyond Normal Podcast. Uh, my name is Kenny Groom. I want to get right into it with Fred. He's the co-founder of the uh, Flourish Factory. I want to just say I appreciate uh, Fred hopping on the show. Um, and when you're ready to get to it, we're just going to start unloading these questions. You ready, Fred? Absolutely. Let's talk about it. Definitely, definitely. So here on the Beyond Normal Podcast, uh, what we like to do is we like to start out um, letting our guests you know, just tell the audience a little bit about their background so you can set that stage for where you're at right now with your business. Okay, for sure, for sure. So um, I think the quick synopsis is like, um, I'm originally from Lynn, Massachusetts. My parents came from Haiti. Um, shout out to the Zoes out there. Um, and they came, to, they came to Boston and they settled up north of Boston in Lynn, Massachusetts, Sin City. Um, and that's where I grew up. And I grew up in Lynn was a very good place to grow up. Um, and really the interesting part about that was, was my time there. Entrepreneurship is something that's always been in my family. You know, like my mom was an entrepreneur. My aunt was like a big entrepreneur. She was always about her hustle. So it was just about like, okay, like that was always something that was part of what I grew up in. And then what happened was um, obviously um, when I was working, I was, I was working a job and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do at the time. And it was pretty cool because I had a lot of different resources and a lot of support from the people around me. And so they said, just jump with an idea. Um, and this is funny because it's like, this is four years ago. This is like around the election time. Mm-hmm. So election time is popping off. Um, there's a lot of debate. This is like, this is fake news. It's like kind of popping off. Right. And so I was like, yo, like, I think online, we need a space for us to really have that conversation. And so um, what was happening was like BuzzFeed was really, really like bubbling, Blavity, like all these different contents was happening. So I said, yo, like, I think I know the Internet information is real big and, and like popular. And I think that like us is like as black people, this is the culture, even the space. So um, I got with my sister, my shout out to my sister, Francis. She was one of my co-founders on it. And um, we started for the culture. You know what I'm saying? So for the culture was it was really a content magazine that we was doing. Um, we was having all our friends, whether they're from college, from high school, just write blogs on this website. And at the same time, we was also um, having events that were like more experiential events, right? So, so like we would have like Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay and to discuss like current issues. I mean, we were doing like blog settings. And the funny part was we put out shirts and that was a seller. People were just buying that shirts. And it was just like, so it got me into an interesting place of now I had this business and this strong brand. Um, but I really didn't know how to really distinguish it, right? So that was, I was just learning so much about business at that time because people were like, we want the shirts. And I was like, nah, like we're supposed to be this blog platform for people to come in and understand information. Um, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot through that experience. Um, so, um, long story short, I learned enough to be like, hey, like I think that like I didn't know enough about tech at that point, right? I was still trying to figure out like, like how to really have like a good tech product. I knew tech was the future. Um, and at the same time, I think that um, the engagement of some of like, um, I didn't really know how to engage my audience. And I really didn't have a strong idea who my target audience was. 
And so um, I packed up a lot of my stuff and in, in search of this journey. And I moved to the West Coast and I moved to Silicon Valley. So I actually moved to San Francisco um, in, in search of like really trying to figure out how to scale this company out, really figure out how to like, how to offer a product. Um, and in that time, it's been like about three years. I've had the opportunity to work at a lot of like great companies um, out here in the West Coast. Um, and, and so what really happened was that I realized that like I had, I had to fold that business. I had to be like, you know what, like that's not that's not really the lane that I want to go in. Um, I also realized the business model didn't suit what I was trying to provide. And then I wasn't able to provide the value in a way that was interesting. So I was very humbling. And so in the last year, it's taken me some time to kind of figure out, like, what what did I actually want to be? Right? Do I even want to be an entrepreneur anymore? Was there a business model that made sense? And like, what did I really mean by like trying to be for the culture? And so um, it's taken some time and I'm happy to now be on the other side of it to be like, hey, like, you know what? The new company name is the Flourish Factory. And while for the culture isn't the name, of the company anymore it's still very much the mission you feel me so yeah i, I appreciate you uh, opening up and giving us that background like you said you know being an entrepreneur being a business owner it's in your blood right um a lot of people especially in our generation for you for example like you say your family's from haiti right you're you're, you're second generation now we, we got that third generation coming behind us they need to make sure that they're tapping into that because you know it's in our blood. It's in our blood to have our own businesses to, to really control our own destiny. So, you know, I commend you for doing that. And then moving to Cali, obviously you moving to Cali from, well, Haiti to Boston and then Boston to Cali. Um, I bet you, you saw some different cultures out there and I know you're in a good spot uh, right now. Um, so moving on to the next question, you know, around the Flourish Factory where you're at right now, you know, what, uh, like, what was the, the moment or like what was the the spark for you to to say this is the new business that you want to go into okay cool so it was a lot of sparks right it was a lot of sparks and it was a lot of conversations with a lot of different people so one of the things i like to say to entrepreneurs is like talk to people right i will call up people you know i'll talk to people and i'll just call them up and just pitch the idea right you'd be like yo like here's what i'm thinking and here's how it's moving and what was happening was in the pursuit of for the culture what i did was i was looking to work with content creators and then so i looked to work with like 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 really like um like black content creators online right and i was trying to make sure that there's a space for them um and so when we looked at that then i started meeting with a lot of content creators and then i realized oh really the truth is that content creators had to sell a product right so if you're a content creator it's like you got to go for advertisement or you selling a product you have something that like there has to be a call to action someone has to click a link to purchase something for you even if it's a tutorial even if it's a webinar right you got to sell something at the end of that for you to make that money back right like content costs mm -hmm. um and so as i was going to the, i got to meet and talk to a lot of different people that were selling products online i started and at the same time i think that one of the biggest stops was like shout out to oakland um, Oakland, California, that's a beautiful place. Son. That's, there's nothing like the Bay. There's nothing like Oakland. And at Oakland, it was like every other party I was going to, there was a marketplace. So I'm meeting with these vendors and I'm just buying stuff from them. I'm buying t-shirts. I'm buying like jewelry, right? And I'm seeing that like, hey, like there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a community of vendors just uh, that are actually selling their products. Now actually selling them online. And the two focal points of them selling it was like, hey, like they were selling on Instagram or they're selling in a live space, right? And I realized that like, okay, but these are the same people that like are trying to grow their businesses and they're selling the products of the content creators that I saw a connection, it hit me. The content creators can be the ones to help sell these things, right? Because one of the biggest issues with some of these vendors was like they couldn't actually market outside of their community. 
And mm -hmm. so it was just more about like that spark hit me. Um, and at the same time, um, the place I was living, um, the, the house I was living with all my friends was called the Flourish Factory. And that, and it was really built out for us to come in and grow and build ourselves out. And so it made sense to like, hey, like, if I'm going to work with these with these vendors and these people that own products and goods um, and really help them scale out their products and really help them grow it, then why help them flourish? You know, and that's been a mantra of us. And so it's like making it the Flourish Factory just made sense. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And, and you're building that community out. Like you said, it doesn't make sense necessarily for folks to have to go through it on their own when, when you got people, you know, living that, that similar journey that you're on. So, you know, great thinking there. So now that you started your second business, I want to take a step back. Right. And you you, you touched on um, for the culture, actually, you know, closing that down. Right. And that being a big decision, decision and you having to kind of humble yourself. Um, so along those lines, um, you know, what's something um, that, you know, now that you would have maybe liked to know when you first started um, being an entrepreneur? Ooh. Start lean, you know, like, um, I think, I think it's just um, all money in, of course, you know, but like, not all the money in, if mm -hmm. you don't know, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just think that like, I, I, just, I was just blowing cash on things and ideas without trying them at a smaller scale. The second piece is that you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that um, as an entrepreneur, what happens is you get that spark, you get that moment and it's your idea and you almost treat it like your child. Right. But what the, what's, what do they say? Like it takes a village. Mm -hmm. And I think that it takes a village to also grow your business. And so you have to be able to like pass that off. And I think at times because my vision wasn't clear, I wasn't receptive to feedback. And I had to learn that. Right. I had to be receptive to a feedback. I had to be receptive to like, hey, this doesn't work. Um, and the last piece is like, um, Definitely understanding your target audience, right? Your target market. I think um, funny story. One time, because you know, like for the culture, it was supposed to be for us. It was like it was a, it was a, it was a time, and someone said, "Yo, like who's your target market?" And I said, "For the culture. If you don't get it, it ain't for you." You know what I mean? And it was like, but they were asking, like, "You got to give me a demographic. Like, does this make sense?" Mm -hmm. You know? And so it's like really understanding who you're trying to serve. And whatever type of service or business that you're doing is very important because like once you understand the customer, once you understand like who you're actually building this for, that's when a lot goes off. So I want to uh, dive into a little bit just around uh, you mentioned kind of having that community versus you kind of being on your own. You know, what are some of the, the benefits you think to, um, you know, going in with maybe a co-founder or someone who, you know, within that community environment versus kind of being that solopreneur? entrepreneur and then you kind of saying hey i'm gonna wear all the hats myself well i think it's simple you can't you can't you can only scale so far by yourself right like you can only scale so far by yourself and i think that like you're gonna have blind spots that you're gonna need someone else to see right like i'm definitely a big fission guy but like my sister francis was an everyday person you know so she was implementing a lot of the stuff that i was able to like get the big picture um some of my skill sets is i can build a good team Right. I've been able to do that for years. I'm able to recruit people and get them to believe in the vision. Right. Um, but in terms of like implementing direction, um, some people are stronger. And so it's like understanding that you have a weakness. That's what being humble is. Right. I mean, when you look at it, all great. Um, who was it? Ken Robinson said it on a TED talk one time. He said all great things were built with people in teams. Mm -hmm. You know, like nothing great was just like one person came through. Even Jordan had to hire, had to hire, you know what I mean? He, had, he didn't he didn't do it until he had Pippen and Robin and he had the cast behind him. Mm -hmm. Right. So for you to really make it happen, it's always going to be a team. Even if you even if you can be the front runner of the star, you gotta have some pieces around you. So I think that like if you're a solo entrepreneur, you should have some good contractors, some good partnerships, 
right? You're still not going to do it by yourself. That just means you're an entity by yourself. If you're building a company, then it's about like understanding who's going to make that final decision. That's always right. People always want to look up and be like, okay, like when it all, when it all falls down, who's making that final decision. And I think that like that needs to be handled before you go into it with someone else. You know? No, I like that. I like that. And so, you know, building on that saying, obviously, you know, you need a team behind you. Um, you're not going to get anything done by yourself. You're going to need some somewhat of a community, you know, in terms of the issue right now, that's, you know, really front and center for all of us right now, you know, with the racial injustice going on, you know, it started out beginning of the year, we had COVID, then we had, you know, the George Floyd situation, which was sad. And then, you know, just name after name. And now we have uh, Jacob out in the Midwest. So, you know, how how are those conversations around uh, racial inequalities impacting you, you and your business um, in this current state we're in in 2020? Man, that's such a good question. Um, I think there's two parts in there. First one, how's it affecting me? And I think that is from, it's definitely affecting me. I think today um, I had to take some time because I had to be honest with myself. I was like, wow, I realistically, you try to power through it some days, right? You try to keep going to work. You try to like, look past it but like it affects you man you go online it affects you right and i was telling i was talking to my i was talking to a good friend of mine um and i said they ain't just killing us they're killing our spirits too mm-hmm. you know and so it's like my energy's off you know because i feel for the brother i feel for his family i feel that could be me you know so i think that it, it, it naturally affects me you know what i mean and i think that like for me specifically on um, the first fact what we want to do is we want to help black entrepreneurs um, in terms of like black businesses. So it's like, this is directly affecting us. This is the systemic part of all that, right? And so a lot of that just affects me directly, but then in terms of the business, it, it, it has to ignite a fire because it's just like, maybe this is the way that I can actually um, give back, right? Maybe this is the way of like me constantly pursuing my dreams is the way that I'm able to kind of pursue it and go after it and grow it, right? So it's like, that's my thought process. It's like, okay, I need to continually work on my craft. I need to continually work on what I'm doing because I got to push the needle for my people, you know? Um, and, and I will say that because it's like small things, like specifically like the, like the shirt that I designed for the business, right? Like, like right now, um, because we're in the e-commerce business, part of what the first factory does is of course, we're always going to have merch and stuff that we're selling. Um, and so specifically this shirt, I, I made this shirt off of, off of frustration. I made the shirt like stop calling the cops on the culture because like, you know, like, I think that's something that's happening. That's what leads to a lot of this, right? And so that's just a portion of the pipeline that I just want to bring awareness to. You know, like, we feel like we're always under police order. So I think that, like, if you have a business right now, especially as a Black person, it's already ingrained. It's already, they've already made it a thing for you. You know, so you're so it's okay to bring that in. And then at the same time, when we think about what it's affected, it's affected in some interesting ways because now there are more Black entrepreneurs than ever. At the same time, when you add on to it, there was, there was actually a study in Yelp in the last three months, there was a 7,000% increase in inquiries for Black businesses, right? And and then earlier this year, there was an article that, what happened? I was just going to say real quick, real quick plug. I know it's late in the month. Uh, this month is actually Black Black Business right. Month. Um, so, you know, make sure, yeah, make sure we out there supporting the businesses. Like you said, I just got my hair cut today, had to go to my barber. Um, first time in a couple months, but you know, just make make sure you're going out there and supporting your local black businesses. Sorry to cut you off, Fred. I had to put that in there. But it's like that's what it's really about. Is like you see the growth there, and I think that um, we had an interesting time, right? So this is affecting my business because also, like, I think that like 
this is the time where it's got to be um, it's got to be a time where we start thinking of that process. And I think that like when you when you read a lot, people say like um, capitalism ain't going to save this problem. I'm, I'm going to be honest right now with you. Mm-hmm. And so when I tell people, yo, I'm starting this e-commerce business, um, I want to work with uh, black entrepreneurs that are selling products and goods. They're like, yeah, but is that really helping the problem? And I say, like, I don't think capitalism is the way out, but I do think that us having our own commerce is the way. And what I mean by that is, like, us having a little piece of what we can own, right? Us having it in two ways. One, economically, right? Maybe this little side hustle that you have is, like, you're selling candles, you're selling glass, or maybe you're selling T-shirts, right? It may not make you Jeff Bezos, but if you could actually pay your rent with that, that's different. Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying? Like that's a whole different, that's a whole different energy that you're able to do, right? And then on top of that, like the confidence that they build you, right? Because now you're able to do that. And then it opens you up to barter systems. It opens up to you changing. Like, you know what? Um, I'm gonna go to my mechanic and I'm gonna be able to trade him with some goods and services, you know? So it's it's really a lot of that is like, hey, we need to really open that up because um as black people, right? Whether you go from Haiti, South Africa, Brooklyn, New York. Like Oakland, California, there's always marketplaces. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's always marketplaces for everyone to kind of like for people to sell, for people to do their own thing. And so I think that it's important for us to now look at each other and be like, you know what? Cause you know what? Instead of me going to buy that, I'm gonna buy it from you just because it's gonna keep that money there. And you're gonna be able to take that and build it in. Cause I think that there's been a lot of conversations about us circulating dollars and us figuring that out. And again, like I'm not an expert, but I do have done do my due diligence to realize that like. At every level, a marketplace of commerce has been in our DNA. And if we're able to do that now in the global economy, you can really do so. Yeah, no, that's facts, man. And I know exactly what you're speaking to because uh, I don't even know the exact stat, but the stat was just pretty much like in terms of our dollar, we spend it and then it kind of leaves our community like the fastest out of any other um, ethnic group. So I think that's really important right now, um, supporting other businesses. And like you said, that bar thing is huge or businesses are kind of trading services and goods and making sure, you know, businesses grow together versus kind of, you know, thinking with that crab in the barrel mentality. Exactly. And, and, and the biggest thing is that crabs weren't meant to be in a barrel. Right? So it's like, we're, we're, I think that we feel confined, right? So the other thing is that like, when we have these entrepreneurs, right? Um, one of the biggest issues that black businesses are facing right now is a simple fact of one is capital, just general money. Mm-hmm. The first fact you ain't going to solve that. The second thing is marketing and advertising, right? So when you look at it, the problem is that people don't have enough money to now advertise their business, whether it be on Facebook ads or whether it be like just general advertising, maybe newspaper and all those different areas. So the goal is let's amplify the voice because it shouldn't be, it isn't just circulating the dollar in your neighborhood. We need to circulate your job, your, your money globally, right? Like why can't someone in China really want to buy a product from someone that's right in Brooklyn, New York. Ah, that's, that's, I agree with that, man, Com- completely. And I'll say, uh, you know, I think it's great, you know, what you're doing because you're giving, you know, you're setting that blueprint for businesses moving forward. And like you said, you want to make sure the businesses in your community that you saw in Oakland, you, you want to make sure that they're eating moving forward. And that's ultimately, that that really aligns with what, we're, what I'm trying to do here with the Beyond Normal podcast as well, because, you know, to your point, you've been saying it the whole conversation, like I don't eat if entrepreneurs aren't eating and they don't and they don't build their platforms. But that's exactly why, you know, Beyond Normal Podcast is positioned the way it is to talk to business owners like yourself and any other business owner out there. You need a platform. 
know, just reach out and, you know, we're going to make sure we have a conversation. Yeah, for sure, man. I think, but it's difficult, right? Because it's difficult because, um, one, like, we're not really taught about that, right? We're not really taught about um, how to build this out. And it's cool because, like we were talking about earlier, LLC, LLC Twitter, LLC Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Build Your Generation of Wealth is popular, right? Like, everyone on the gram flashing it up, like, they, you know what I mean? Stock trading is big now, but the everyday is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, that every day is hard, right? And so it's just like people, everyone's creating boutiques, but like I got I got I got 40 shirts, 50 shirts right now that I gotta go actually go package up. Like this is a process that we all have to do. But I think that like if you don't think you're alone in it, but also you're giving resources, you're gonna continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I think that everyone is building a brand, but that's about that longevity. And it's also seeing the actual returns, right? And if we can accelerate a lot of the profits that people are able to see, again. Not making Jeff Bezos, but let's make sure you can pay your bills, mm-hmm. right? And then you're gonna keep doing it. And I think that like that comes from like the time of like my mom. My mom used to sell Avon products, right? And she used to make her little money on the side, just doing little things. It's just like I think that if we stay within that spirit, but then we're able to scale it globally, so people can get these orders. I think I think there's I think there's a niche there. You just you just uh, gave me a flashback to the Avon lady in my neighborhood, right? You gotta think, but she was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That's facts. Right? And she was an entrepreneur and she was building other stuff. She had her products. She was figuring her things out. And I think that for us, it's like, if we can create that space, then why not? You know, that's what the Flesh Factory is really building up to be. It's building up to be a place where, hey, we're going to highlight your stuff, right? It's like, um, well, I would say, like, we all got that friend that's um, selling, let's say, I got a friend that's selling shea butter, right? She sells shea butter. And so it's like, okay, you sell shea butter. You're doing a great job. You got your website up, right? You're selling a couple products on Instagram. Okay, let me amplify it, but then at the same time, let me like make sure that we strategically put your ads in a good place, so then you can actually hit your target audience a little bit more, right? I love and it. So yeah, I love it. This is lead generation. Mm-hmm. You know, because you could you could sell on Etsy, or you could sell on. There are other different um, platforms that are selling, right? But I think that like the community aspect, and also at the same time, just making sure that like, hey, you feel as though like your product is being pushed. I think that's going to be huge. No, uh, you you spitting all facts. Like you said, the LLC hashtags is, you know, on Twitter, they're on Instagram, but I feel like it's really the conversations like the one that we're having now where people can really take those nuggets away and it just doesn't end up being a tweet. It's not just an Instagram post. A lot of times you got to hear something, you got to read something. And so I think this current situation, COVID, right, this is the perfect time for a lot of us um, to to have these conversations and to pick up, you know, pick up those materials and, and make sure that we're, we're feeding that brain, you know, feeding that, uh, that muscle, that muscle in our heads, so you know, make something happen moving forward. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and it's, um, and it's, and it's stuff like you, stuff like things that you're doing, that's like going to push us forward, right. It's be able to get this message, right. Mm-hmm. And being able to have content that can then now we can have this out of the world forever. And, exactly. Um, exactly. And I think that's important because you're capturing the story. Right. So if we don't capture our stories, they're going to capture our stories. Um, and so now at the beginning, it's like, hey, this is the beginning of me launching. Right. This is the beginning of like me telling people, hey, let's join together and get this going. Five years from now, this is going to be valuable. You know, for mm-hmm. both. Exactly. And uh, you touched on something just there at the end. And then I want to pass it to you um, again. But just in terms of like when when they tell our story, I mean, we've seen that time and time again. And right now. You know, we're at the point now where we're a little frustrated because we're like, 
you just you, you, you're only telling one side of our story you're not they're not necessarily telling that whole story which is where we're at right now so uh feeling good about you know the change that's coming you know i don't know if you guys on the uh on the instagram are feeling it uh but I, but i know uh i know i'm feeling it i'm feeling all the changes i'm feeling all the energy and i know something something magic is gonna happen 2020 is a reset um obviously with covid and all the things going on but 2021 is gonna be special man i'm telling you yeah, yeah, I agree, bro. And I think um, some some of my thought processes, I think that it's a great awakening. Mm-hmm. You got no other choice. And um, the other thing that COVID taught me was that um, anything could change, right? We we was living this life. We was at day parties, right? We was we was you know what I mean. We was we was we cared. We thought our jobs were secure. Like we wasn't really really mm-hmm. thinking about it like that and then within a month and a half everything changed and so now it's like you gotta dig in you gotta really realize like at each day how are you moving right it made us think about our health in a different way and so in my opinion it's like 2021 um our generation especially millennial generations is going to be interesting because now it's like we're gonna we're gonna double down and get serious and i especially mm-hmm. think it's like us black people like we are looking at everything a lot different right because now the topic of conversation is like I really can't, you can't shake George Floyd. You can't shake Jacob. You can't, you, you got to sit there and deal with it and they got to deal with it. And so we got to have that conversation. I think that we can continue to push it to the forefront and we're going to continue to make space for us. Well said. You know, in closing, um, you know, I always give my guests the opportunity. Um, anything you want to close us out with, in addition to that, you know, just letting everybody know uh, where they can reach out and stay connected to the Flurry Factory. Yeah, for sure. I think right now, um, again, um, one of the things I'm doing is like building my team. So um, working on a few things. Um, definitely looking for someone that's interested in a front end engineering, um, just like web services, a marketing person that can work with the branding and things like that. I think those are the things that like need to be developed, and, and, and it'd be great to partner with someone, right? Really co-create what the brand should be. Um, I'm really interested, looking forward to to building that relationship. Uh, the other thing is that if you got a vendor, a homie or a friend selling something dope, send me their send me send me their stuff. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? The Instagram, the website, allow me to reach out. Um, if you're a vendor, um, send me your stuff. Um, you can send it to me at theflourishfactory.com. Also, at the same time, you can just um, contact me um, on our Instagram. That's our biggest platform right now, at um, The Flourish Factory. Um, and let's have a conversation. Let's chat. Let's learn about what you're trying to do. If I can assist or I can help, I will. Um, and that's just really how I kind of try to do this. That's dope. Uh, you know, and I appreciate, uh, you know, you coming up with this idea, I gotta get I gotta give you some kudos because you, you you're showing me about this Instagram, this IG live, and uh you know how you can make sure you uh, that I'm my I myself and I know you're already doing it that we're connecting with, you know, the our customer base, right? You, you mentioned that throughout really knowing what your target audience is. So I gotta tip my hat to you, give you kudos because you know, I feel like you know you're 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 leading the charge on a lot of things that people are just now catching up to. Uh, so I'm excited and I'm also excited to see, you know, where Flourish Factory is next year and then 10 years in the future, obviously. Oh, for sure. For sure. Appreciate you, Ken. All right, now. All right, bro. Thanks for tuning in to the Beyond Normal podcast. We can be streamed across all major streaming platforms in addition to YouTube. Come back again. Wow.